Welcome to episode 12 and in this episode I want to talk about the original wound and why it's so important to understand what happens in childhood, how children are sponges and how our childhood is the foundation of our future. Welcome to the Mind Fuckery podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth, author of Finding Lily and the A to Z of Emotional Abuse. I'm here to remind you that love should be unconditional. Divorcing emotionally is life-changing and that you have a duty of care to yourself. Each week, I will discuss some of the terms you may hear along this journey and I will help you understand and process what's happening. I will help you find the best habits as you start to take back the control of your own life and learn the tools to heal on a deeper level, becoming the best version of yourself. Whitney said, I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. So if you're a fan of Whitney Houston and you know that song, you're welcome. It's probably stuck in your head. I can't get it out of my head. I was doing some research for um, an opportunity that I've got to do a talk. And I actually thought it was Michael Jackson that had sung it. But when I went and did the the, um, research on it, I found it was Whitney. So you might be in the throes of confusion at the end, or you might not quite have got out of this relationship yet. It might be emotionally abusive, or it might be toxic. It might even be physically abusive. Perhaps this happened to you absolutely donkey's years ago and you still haven't recovered from it and you're dragging this emotional trauma from that relationship to other relationships. And these toxic or emotionally abusive relationships are so hard to heal from. The damage that they cause that puts you in a state of confusion and it usually isn't, usually isn't until you come out of the relationship that you have re- that you realize this was abusive it's a bit like chinese water torture it happens really slowly and it turns you gradually insane and it does this is mind fuckery this is crazy making behavior that goes on i'm going to ask and i will a- address it throughout this podcast but what if this happened for a reason So I believe that there was something really magical about you, something pure, your energy and your creativity and your laughter. There was something very unique and the abuser needed it. So you were handpicked and then groomed. Everything you said, everything you did was watched and noted. Now, I've talked about this in other podcasts and extensively on my YouTube channel, um, in blogs, so I haven't actually done many blogs recently, but um, in my blogs, I speak about this. You were groomed. This is like Chinese water torture. There was something missing. The emotional abuser is empty inside. They are like a shell. And at the end of the relationship, that's what they do to you. They leave you a shell of your former self. So everything was watched, everything was noted. This was like a project. And anyone, this is what made me laugh actually when I watched, I don't know whether you've seen Dirty John on Netflix. I watched it quite a few times back, was it 2018, 2019 maybe? And literally he sits there with his um, spreadsheets and he is, it's like a project to him. Finding somewhere to live was like a project to him. So when he um, met Debbie Newell and she had this apartment 
and uh, she had the finances to go out and get a beachfront apartment. She had her own business. She was very successful. His eyes were, whatever it was, went ding, ding, ding. Um, And he then groomed her and he told her everything he wanted her, you know, she needed to hear. And this is what happens. They sweep you off your feet. You're fed compliments. You might be given gifts, taken out, meals out. Um, Every need is catered for. You woke in the morning to a message from them, very possibly. I'm just making, this is what I my experience was. Waking in the morning to uh, messages, the same in the evening. And this gives you the sense that you were the first thing that they were thinking about when they woke up. And you're the last thing that they're thinking about when they go to bed. And that actually has the same effect on you. You might have been reading a book or watching a film, but you then start, they jump into your life and you're starting to think about them. I, like many people, have been hurt by toxic people. I've managed to knock up romantically quite a few. There is a wounding to your soul that you don't believe you will ever, ever recover from. But thankfully, you can. I mean, what I try and share with people as much as possible is the grounding and the foundations and setting these stones and and creating these foundations um, for building that life, for recreating and um, healing the wounds. And the reason I say perhaps this happened for a reason is because of the original wound. And for me, I believed that I was given this to face, but I've come from a spiritual background. I come, uh, I've spent 20 something years in that area, much longer because I am much older than that. But that's when I started to um, dive in, feet first, head first, whatever it was. Uh, It was 20 odd years ago. This original wound, this woke me up. It was what woke me up and I thought I've, I'm doing this, I'm going through this pain for a reason. I'm going to immerse myself. I'm going to live in it. I'm going to understand it. I'm going to understand what's happening so that I can heal on every single level. The original wound is where it all started. Now, emotionally abusive relationship, that toxic relationship, it might even be a friendship. It might be a working relationship. These relationships throw you into this confusion and I believe they do it on purpose and not just the emotional abusers doing it on purpose but they were put in front of you for a reason a bit like a mirror and where in my book the age said of emotional abuse I I've written about that I've said you know oh my gosh what if this happened for a reason to show you where your wounds are that need healing now and then at the end of the book, I might have put, I think that's at the beginning. And then at the end of the book, I talked about looking in a mirror and what the emotional abuser was doing in these in this relationship was they were mirroring you in a way like Narcissus from Greek mythology who saw his reflection, he fell in love with himself, but not in a narcissistic way, but you're falling in love with yourself because they're empty and they don't know who they are, they take all the elements of you that they like and they mirror them back. So in a way, you are actually falling in love with yourself. I'm losing track here, but the original wound to me is these people appear in your life for you to see the original wound. The original wound happened in childhood. 
each story I've heard is different, but they all have the same pattern. That idealization is cycle of abuse, idealization, devaluation, discard. And this can go on for years. And what I started to look at when I was doing my healing was I'd already been working with people for a, a good 10 years maybe on the original wound and that was what I was doing and in fact I got into it from a course that I did when I did some past life regression work it was actually called past life energetics and some of the techniques I learned there were just so powerful I've been able to work with them in other areas and what I was doing was working with people and their original wounds and helping them to go back and heal on such a deep level so this has been going on for 20 years because it was 2002 when I first started doing the past life energetic work this to me is is like coming full circle it's like everything was handed to me at this point and when I started doing the work, I was I was healing the wounds of I literally the majority of them were age three, age five, and age eight, and and that's what I'm doing. I just lost count of how many there were of those. This wounding that happens to us in childhood. Now you might say my childhood was fantastic, nothing happened to me, but a majority of people that I speak to have got trauma that comes from childhood, whether it was rejection whether it was uh, betrayal or whether it was a shaming that happened uh, by one or both of parents or a significant adult in that child's life. I have heard of someone saying that they had worked with someone and that they, they had this idyllic childhood. However, I'm so I don't know your story. I only know my story and I only know the stories of the people that I work with. I believe that this is like a Veruca, these these woundings. This is why I, I work in the way I do. And this isn't facing what happened to you. This isn't putting you in a room with the person that was abusing you. But this is uh, using different techniques to take out the trauma for your body. Your body holds trauma like it's it's like a physical wound, but it's emotion it's held emotionally and it is held in your body. It causes all sorts of illnesses. A lot of people that have been in abusive relationships have got fibromyalgia and oh, there were so many other things. You come out with of this relationship with so many different things like complex post-traumatic stress, adrenal fatigue. There are so many different things that happen. This wounding is already in your body. What I do is I don't take you back and put you in the same place. I just take you back to that emotion and we work with that emotion and we remove it. It's like a Veruca. And a Veruca is a virus and it lays dormant. It's If you had a Veruca on your foot and you were given some form of treatment, if by removing that Veruca as you pull it out, if you don't remove all of it and you left a tiny, tiny part of that root, that root will lay dormant until it's triggered again. And this is exactly what happens with the trauma that we experience in childhood it lays dormant until it's triggered. And the trigger is the emotional abuse that walks into um, our lives. People say, why did you not leave? You might have heard that yourself, is what I heard, or actually heard, why aren't you over this by now? Because it takes the time it takes. That's as simple as it is. With this form of abuse, we don't wanna gloss over it. We wanna make sure we get every part of that route out 
and we've dealt with everything by by not focusing on it you're leaving it to lay dormant to be triggered again and this is the same you know with the original wound not fully healing it it will reappear you will keep meeting people that will treat you in the same way until you say enough is enough and and that's why i've got my course um it stops here in fact i'm, I'm thinking of renaming it slightly but i will put a link to that this abuse causes so much damage and long-term contact with a toxic or emotionally abusive person damages your brain it damages the hippocampus and this is why people come out of the relationships and they can't think experiencing memory loss so there's that that's going on then you've got the hormone releases and you, they might just be going firing off your hormones might be just firing all the time this is a stress that that we're put under you we we have got a built-in um, radar that picks up that we're being abused and the hippocampus actually knows it's being abused it actually closes down to protect itself from further damage so these things it's like trusting yourself again or understanding what's been happening you know all these hormones are being released into your body the same happens if you're a child as it does as an adult if you're under threat from intimidating or bullying behavior from someone it could be causing you fear of abandonment you might feel betrayed you might be shamed in some way and it causes damage to the hippocampus and there's been a lot of research i've actually again this is in my book it was done at Yale and Stanford University and they use veterans and victims of childhood abuse uh, who both were suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder and they used MRI scans to show the reduction in the hippocampus. And these studies showed that traumatic or highly stressful experiences can have long-term effects on the structure and function of the brain. We are all a bunch of chemicals. The, these chemicals are raging around us. They're held together by our skin. And if you think back to your science lessons at school, you know, when you mix chemicals together, there was a re reaction of some sort. And you might have experienced this when you met for the first time. You know, you might have experienced this yourself. You felt some form of reaction. It might be an instant re attraction or you might have disliked them. And this is what I mean when I'm talking about the chemical reactions with our body. There's also the fight, flight, form, freeze. So when you're recovering from an emotionally abusive or toxic relationship, the way you're feeling could be due to these chemicals that are raging around your body. And it might be that if you think of a teenager, anyone who's been in contact with a teenager recently, where they can't communicate, they come in and go, uh, you know, or, or and, and their emotions are everywhere. You, you don't really know when they open their mouth who you're gonna get. So when I started my journey, a lot of people, when I was recovering from emotional abuse, were talking about the addiction to dopamine, but my interest was actually oxytocin and the role it played in the relationships because it's a bonding hormone and it helps us create trust. And there was a lot, I've, I found another, um, some research, I'll put these links in the notes below. Dr. Helen Fisher, and, and she was at Rutgers University, discovered um, that romantic love can be broken down into three categories of lust, attraction and attachment. And they have different hormones that are attached to them. So lust is driven by the desire of sexual gratification and attraction involves the pathways of the brain that control the reward behavior, dopamine which is produced by the hypothalamus and it's reduced when we it's produced or released sorry when we um when we feel good about things 
And then we've got the attachment, which is the dominant factor in long-term relationships. And, and it was this bit that was really, I was really interested in. So lust and attraction are mainly found in romantic entanglements, but the attachment needed to bond friendships. It's needed for parent-infant bonding, any relationship where trust is needed. So we come into children. We were all children. We were children once. You were a child. We are sponges. We were sponges. Our children are sponges. After I'd qualified as a spiritual life coach, I started looking in the area of children, looking at how we learn and what happens. So between our birth and the ages of seven or eight, a lot of people say seven, but we all mature at different times. And it was just, I felt naturally, it's around about seven or eight years old, that we live in a theta state, which is a hypnotic state. So everything we see, everything we hear, we believe to be true. And it's not until we get a little bit older, and it's usually around about 14 years old, that we start to realise that other people do things differently and think, oh, they don't do that, our family does that, or they do that, our family doesn't do that. And so we look at we look at how how we all integrate, how other people are behave and look. It might be that you um, see people treating other people in a different way to the way that you were taught um, and you might believe that you need to correct your behavior these are these developmental stages that a child goes through and if they don't go through them they can get stuck and you know this is how um, emotional abuse happens to a, a child who's abusive to other people so they grow up into abusive adults um, this is it's so important to understand um that if we've got children and they're witnessing us in an emotionally abusive relationship or a physically abusive relationship they've got one or two ways of learning they either take it that this is how you treat people and this is what you say to people and you you are emotionally abusive toxic or physically abusive or they, um, and they might have even experienced it themselves from the abuser, or you're teaching them you, it's okay to be abused. And it comes down, to me, it's a very simple thing. That's how it how it's seen. How many, if you've got children in your life, even if they're not yours, uh, but you have got children around you, whether you're an aunt, an uncle, or um, a godparent, or you're really close to friends, um, children believe that a parent can fix anything and do anything they believe that a child a parent is there to protect them and if they're abusing them they won't know that that's abuse they just won't as children we take on the beliefs of our adults we, these are these adults are our tribe a lot of people i i went through around about the same time as i qualified i was meeting a lot of people um, presumably I'm going to say it was actually because I was working in that area but a lot of the people that I was working with they came from they were doing jobs that they didn't like they um, you know so it might be that they came from a long line or you come from a long line of doctors or lawyers or accountants or bank managers or you know and I, I literally lost track of the 
the amount of people at that time that I met who went into a career to please a parent. It wasn't done because they were doing it to feed their soul. I remember being at an event and this woman was a volunteer there and she was telling me she volunteered because her, it was her husband's dream. He It was at a steam railway and um, he always wanted to be a train driver but he became a bank manager because that's what his mother wanted him to do. I also met someone who became a doctor to, um, to, for his mother and he actually only ever wanted to be an archeologist. Oh, there was just so many of them, but those, those are the ones that are jumping out at me at the moment. I lost track of the amount of people that they were doing something to please their parent, not for themselves. And at that point, that was the work that I was doing. It wasn't called The Original Wound, but it was a very similar work. But it was just helping people get into and find what it was, align with their soul, align with their creativity and what they were originally here to do. If you have children and you believe you're in an abusive relationship, I ask you, the children are sponges. They see and hear and believe. What are you actually teaching them? And I'd ask yourself, do you want your children to experience the emotions that you're feeling? If, you're, if you've come out of an emotionally abusive relationship and your mind is everywhere and your hormones are raging, do you want your children to, to either be that abuser growing up or do you want them to experience what you've experienced? It's a really powerful statement. I know it is. And it's really emotive because nobody really wants to, that to happen. And yet, by staying in these relationships, that's what we're doing. That's what we're teaching. Now, I promise you, I'll put my hands up. I can't, you know, I my children experienced it as well. I got out as early as I could, uh, but I then got it back into another one. And, you know, 10 or whatever it was years later and they experienced it again um so I'm, I'm doing it just it, not for the shock factor I just want people to really think you know we are sponges if a child up until the ages of seven or eight years old take on these beliefs these words they hear I talked to my one of my children who always wanted to be a teacher we were talking about the words and how powerful words are. And she used to act out every day after school how she was spoken to by her teachers. I knew what her teachers were like. She knows how powerful words are and, you know, they can make a child. My grandmother used to have a saying, and uh, it was, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And it's I wrote, I wrote a blog on that. It is total, total rubbish, total bullshit. Um, I'm sorry, words are very, very powerful. They change how we, we can change how we feel about ourselves and about other people with words and emotions. We can, and somebody can stab you in the heart with a word. They, you know, they can really hurt you. Those wounds can be created by emotional abuse. And it isn't physical abuse, emotional words, the way somebody manipulates you or the way they speak to you or the way they treat you, particularly if you were grew up as a scapegoat or something like that. Divorcing emotionally means that you can heal these wounds. You can look your abuser, I wouldn't, you don't have to, but it means that if you were 
in the same room of the, as them. They have no effect on you. You don't feel anything towards them. There's nothing, there's no feeling. Doesn't matter what they say. It's like wearing a Teflon suit, nothing sticks. They studied you. They know because that you were this project. They know how to trigger you. Once you're emotionally divorced, that, that has no effect on you anymore. The original wound is a lot of the work that I do. In last week's podcast, I did a um, stop, drop, roll. So you stop what you're doing and this pain comes up and you stop what you're doing and you drop into the emotion and you find out where it is, where it's coming from. And you can have a conversation, you can ask how old you are, you can really, really dig in. I go a lot deeper, but I can't do that in a podcast um, when I work one-to-one, but this will help you. Grounding and being in your body is going to help you more than anything. And having really, really honest conversations with yourself is, um, is also key to healing from these abusive relationships. Stop, drop, roll. Roll the emotion around and see where it comes from see how it makes you feel when when did you feel this before and then see if there's a child behind it if there's a child that you can identify with that's uh, i don't know maybe five years old and it was a sports day and you know something happened to you or um somebody didn't pick you up from school and it was cold and wet or just see what you've got that comes up and it's acknowledging and loving that child uh, as I said, working one-to-one, I, I do it in a different way, but that would be my way of, of talking you through it. I've also, I've got this course, It Stops Here, It Stops Now, and in there I teach you how to have really honest conversations, There's a lot of other things in there as well, but how to have really honest conversations, because a lot of the time there's so many mixed emotions. Mindfuckery is the collision of gaslighting and cognitive dissonance. It really, really messes with your mind and it's about staying in your body and staying grounded that is going to help you staying grounded but the original wound this is going back to where it started from so I go back to my original statement what if this happened for a reason what if this abuser turned up on your doorstep or wherever you met them um, for a reason to highlight these wounds and give you this opportunity to pick up all the missing parts of you to pick up all the pieces of your life to reparent yourself and to give yourself um, a different outlook and a different future one that you possibly have never ever imagined could happen i just leave that there i think these possibilities this is you taking responsibility for your own healing the original wound is what happened in childhood the original wound is um you know making sure you've healed and um you're healing that wound and not leaving any part of that veruca like the veruca root any root of that left this it's just so powerful i promise you just focus on staying grounded focus on your breathing and honest conversations when you want to reach out and you want the attention of someone honestly go in and ask yourself who is asking me this question who is it how old are they how old am i what do you really need? And if you once you learn to do this, 
I promise you can change your life. It is so powerful. It will get you through that addiction. It'll get you through those cravings. It'll get you through wanting to be back in that relationship because it feels safer. You've been told you can't live without them. You've possibly, if you've had an emotionally abusive parent or absent parent, emotionally absent parent, you're fighting for attention. You've been taught that you hang in on a relationship. You've been taught that you you stay in a relationship with this person. You're in contact with them and you hang about and you're there waiting, is this going to happen to me? Am I going to get the attention now, this year, that I've been waiting for all of my life? So heal the original wound. It is going to change your life. Children are sponges. It means that you were a a sponge once and you've taken on all this information. Now, this abuser that turned up in your life, they're giving this amazing opportunity to go inside. They mirrored all these beautiful parts of you. They mirrored them back to you and said to you how wonderful you are. You need to believe that. And they've taken all the parts, they've left you as a shell, but you can replenish this. You can build yourself back up again. Three simple steps, grounding, breathing, and talking talking to yourself, finding out who's in pain. That will get you through this this part if if you're craving them. I hope this was useful. I'm sending you loads and loads of love until next time.